good evening. Good evening and welcome to the Gunnerstown pub for um, this episode where we discuss the, the game against Southampton at the Emirates and the Premier League. Uh, it was a big banana skin for us, obviously, the opportunity to lose five games on a trot. Um, and we managed to avoid it, but only just with a um, pretty interesting game. And tonight we're joined by Charlie, AFC Charlie. Hi, Charlie. How are you doing? Hi, guys. How are we all? Yeah. <laughs> and Mike McDonald joining us from the States. How are you, Mike? Hi, yeah. Hi, I'm just hugely, hugely relieved um, to get through that. Right. And uh, with us, uh, as usual, Gav from She War. Gav, did you manage to stay awake through the whole thing? Believe it or not, I did nearly drop off in the first half, the first <laughs> 20 minutes. I was, I was struggling. I was struggling. I don't know why. <laughs> but, well, I'll tell you what, while you're on the mic, why don't you just um, just give us your um, overall impression of, of, of tonight's match? I mean, compared to the shit shows we've had in the past, um, what did you uh, think? Well, the first half was a shit show. The first half, I haven't got one positive thing to say at any player in the first half. And then we roll into the second half. We start well. It takes a bit of genius from Saka to get us going and we equalise. And then Gabs gets himself two yellow cards and then it's clinging on. So I'm a little bit, I don't know, glass, a quarter, full, really. I think it's yes. important to stop the rock, though, as you said, Gav. I think it really yeah. was. I, yeah, I mean, it, it was charming. We, yeah, we, we don't want to be losing. And we no. don't want to be losing that amount on the trot. And at one all down to 10 men, you take the point. But at one all with 11 men, I thought I thought we was going to go on and tear them a new one, to be fair. And it looked like we was going to. Yeah. I think, think Gabriel, I think that's probably the poorest game I've seen him in an Arsenal shirt of all stop. Um, yeah, I was kind of saying from the beginning that um, he was uncharacteristically sloppy. And um, yeah. he he just looked like he was he had some red mist, and about five minutes before he was he got the second yellow. Actually, on Twitter, I just said, um, you know, I would I would take him off. He just seemed to be red mist from the beginning, and he was on yellow. I said, I think we should think about subbing him, and then literally five minutes later, he just just such an unnecessary, and the timing of it, like Shaka's red card last week, just as we're kind of starting to dominate a little bit. Get yeah. back into the game. It's just professionally. It's just it's really poor, isn't it? Um, sure, and you can't blame our no for that, right? Like, there, there was there was no there was no need either because it you know Theo. I don't think Theo wouldn't have turned him and gone on and scored. I mean Theo Theo was backing into him and playing the game as well. And as one of my mates said as we was watching the game, I wish Theo showed half the amount of cojones he did tonight. As he did playing for us, yeah. Do you know yeah. what I mean? He, he, you know, he... that's true. Um, uh, Mike, did did you um did you have any surprises um, when you looked at the lineup? Um, obviously, we, we were forced into making some changes. So, what what were your overall thoughts about how we started? And let's kind of work our way through the game a little bit. Yeah, surprises? No, not really surprised. I personally. Um, would have started Cedric on the right and put some um, athleticism, dynamism in midfield with Maitland-Niles. Maitland-Niles did well at right back, but um, I suppose it pours it um, so much doubt on why on earth we gave Cedric a four-year contract and signed him when our regular right back's out and he still can't start the Premier League game. And we need, that, we need that athleticism in midfield. So that would be the big change uh, I personally would have put Balogun in, as crazy as that sounds. Um, I think that something fresh would have just given everybody a bit of a kick. So um, that would have been something that I would have done. And Smith Rowe, I don't. The, the, to me, the bench was the big problem. I do not understand why you have to have two centre backs on the bench and no creativity. So Smith Rowe being left out and Louise and Mustafi plus Cedric. You know, when Mustafi can play right back, why do you need Cedric on the bench? You know, some really odd choices there, if I'm being honest with you. But the starting lineup was better. So, um, so 
your point about um, you know the the midfield and and maybe bringing in um, um, some athleticism and creativity. I thought Ceballos wasn't too bad um, today, Charlie. What did you think? Sorry, you repeat that, Paul. I just you just crumbled as you was talking to me. Oh, sorry. Um, um, what did you think of Ceballos? I mean, you know, from in the midfield, I thought it was one of his better games today. I felt like he. Yeah, um... I thought he done all right, and I, 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 I Ceballos. I mean, I, he just doesn't set the world alight for me. Do you know what I mean? I know that's a bit. Uh, <laughs> I'm not. I mean, I don't know. He's he's just a bit flat. If I don't, do you know what I mean? I don't. It's hard. He's it's vanilla. Just... He's vanilla, wasn't he? He's vanilla, yeah. Charlie, isn't he? One minute he's yeah. like, I think he's excellent. The next time he's, he's just a bit poor. Um, I don't know. It's, 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 it's an hard one. I, th I thought we were quite flat in the first half, as we already spoke. Like, we went for the whole team. We looked a bit uh, poor. But, you know, we I thought we come out the second half. We showed a bit of bit more sort of purpose to our play, trying to go for it and stuff. But then we didn't, like, that red card just killed us. The same with the Jacker one the other day. It killed us. We just... This is not that's not Arteta's fault, these red cards. He's he coming right. under so much stick at the minute, the gaffer. And I mean, I'm, I've been very vocal on Twitter, so I'm fully behind him. I think he's the right man for the job. And I think this summer is going to be a massive, massive summer once we get rid of the Deadwood, which I've said a lot. And we've got to stick by him. These red cards, as much as Gabriel, I like Gabriel, and it's, that's a yellow card. He got a silly first yellow card for the kicking the ball away, which is stupid, petulant. Then he's th th that is a yellow card what he's done. Walcott has turned yeah. so bright. Walcott off his ass. He, he, that's so it's, a, it's another stupid red card that ultimately has cost us the possibility of getting three points today. And I just think we need to make sure that we we um we just got to cut all that nitty gritty shit out. Do you know what I mean? Right. Did you feel um? Did you feel that the energy had changed? I mean, obviously, there's a sense of desperation. You know, in in that our, our results have been so so very poor, Gav. Did you feel yeah. that the team today at least looked like they were interested in, you know, in, no. in taking it to Southampton? You said you were falling asleep in the first half, so I'm, I'm yeah. I've, I've, like I say, I mean, I, I put up at half time. It looked like eleven strangers who had just met each other playing football <laughs> at half pace. It was almost like walking football. There was no urgency. There was no leadership. There was no drive. There was no runs there there was absolutely no nothing in the first half it it was it was dreadful it's probably that probably rates upon one of the worst i think we've played all season that first half but credit we came out the second half and arteta's obviously given them a rocket the problem is is he should have made gabriel sit outside while he's giving everybody a rocket because he's obviously wound him up too much. Do you know what I mean? He, he's wound everybody up and given them all like, you know. But Gabriel was one of those that didn't need to be wound up. And he's obviously been wound up a little bit more than he needs to be. And that's what's caused him the, him the red card. So, it, like, it's just... He can't win, really, can you? <laughs> no. Do you know what I mean? I mean, Gabriel was just one one of these players that, you know, he doesn't need to be wound up and given the fourth degree and shouted at, which obviously is what Arteta has done because there was a very, very big reaction. And the only heartening thing is the player that gave the biggest reaction was Saka. And he was the youngest player on the pitch. And he's yeah. the one who got... He, who got the ball, he took on three or four players and, you know, set up the goal for us. See, I mean, that was, that was all him. He was the only one who'd done that apart from when Willock come on and when Willock won the free kick when, uh, uh, you know, again, Saka's put a lovely ball in yeah. and unfortunately, uh, Holdings just knocked it onto the, the corner of the crossbar. But, yeah. I mean, it goes back to what me and Mike were saying when we, when we was chatting the other day. It's the younger players that are showing the most vim, vigour, getting hold of the ball and wanting to wanting to run with the ball at their feet. And that's what we did not do in the first half. And right. me, again, like I say, as, as me and Mike were talking in the last game, look, Mike, Mike basically said, look, Arteta seems to have this thing where we can only play two how-end boys per game. And today he started three. And 
again, I just don't think it was them, Mike. I mean, was you impressed with the Howland boys today? I'll, I'll chuck that over to you, mate. Yeah, well, I was, uh, Gav. Um, and again, they're the ones, if you think of three of them that offered the drive, the uh, acceleration with the ball at their feet to try, try and drive us forward, which we need without a number 10 or an attacking midfield. You have to have a, a midfielder bring the ball to the attack. It was Maitland-Niles did it. Uh, he intercepted the ball on numerous occasions and drove forward. Willett did it when he came on. And you mentioned the main one, which is Stafford. That's not a new thought, is it, Gav? He's been doing that ever since he was in the Arsenal first team. So the, what that would say to me is, and this is not a blanket over all youth, that all youth uh, will do that for you, but those three have that in them and do it repeatedly. It's maybe the number one thing they do. So you know what? If you're lacking that in the others, maybe if you put somebody like Smith Rowe in the team, maybe he would offer that too. And he'd play unafraid because without Saka's uh, fearlessness, I suppose that's what it was. Everybody else just passes the buck uh, during this poor period. He's fearless and doesn't seem to care about losing the ball. He just goes for it. Maybe the others would feel the same way. Maybe that's how we get out of the hole. You know, just a thought. Right. Yeah. Um, what did you think um, about, um, you know, Bamiyang back on the left? Um, it's obvious that the experiments of him through the through the middle hasn't really hasn't really worked. And you guys mentioned, you know, um, that, that maybe it was time to switch back because uh, he seems to be at least more productive and more comfortable coming from there and maybe more useful. Um, Charlie, what did you think about that with Bamiyang? Are you, are you back with us? So, what did you think about Abamian playing on the left? Did that, did oh, that help? Sounds like a robot, mate. I'm sorry, what? Can't hear you. Oh, uh, basically, uh, he, he's saying, what did you think of Abamian uh, predominantly down the left tonight? I can't hear you, mate. I, uh, I can't hear you, so I'm going to answer my own question. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I was going to say that I, just, I think. I'm glad Aubameyang got a goal today. I think that was very important. Um, mm. Quite a yeah. quiet performance again. But I think our biggest problem is, we all know it, guys, our centre midfield. We obviously had a reinforcement for the party in the summer or the end of the season. And um, it's unfortunate the injury he's got. And we just, the midfield, I mean, I'll just see a comment pop up. I was saying this is now, saying um, the midfield is shocking. Elnin is not the player everyone wants to go on about. Had that one good game against United, but he's not the player we got to look to. I think Tobias is pretty average. And we need a major rebuild in that centre midfield. It's, it's killing us. It really, really is. And I think we've got to be quite happy with the point tonight. Southampton are a very good side. If the results went their way tonight, they could have gone top, I think. Yeah. So, yeah. to get the point... Sometimes you've just got to say, you know what? It's a good point. We've stopped the rot. Let's look to the future. And we've got Saturday's going to be a double hard game, Everton away. So I just, I just think we've got to look, hopefully, look at the positive. I'm sure Arteta would be saying this to the players afterwards. Well done. Got the goal. You got a goal you wanted. Good, good reaction after the first half. Okay. The red card really changed the game. We're just coming on top. Let's use that. First 15, 20 minutes of the second half that you had. Let's go into the next game with that. Well done for holding on for the draw. That was important. Unlucky not to nick it at the end. But let's just focus on the positives now and try and kick our season on starting Saturday. Sorry, Paul. I know it wasn't the question you answered, but I couldn't hear you. <laughs> it, it was close. It was very, very close. Yeah, um, yeah, I was just saying, I think, I think uh, just, just to chime in um, my two cents, I do think that Aubameyang playing off the left and then popping up in the middle is what creates the goals for him. I think when he's in the middle all the time, which is where he scores a lot of his goals, I think it's too predictable. He doesn't like the ball at his feet. We're not playing them long and over for him to run onto. Um, so, you know, he, he he works really hard and you can see he's waiting for those balls to play down, you know, to come down the left or cut in. Um, and every now and then you, he pops up and, you know, just outside the, the six yard box and he, and he gets his goal. And I think that that, I think that I, I, I would prefer to see him popping up there and scoring than him there all the time and just being played out of yeah, the game. Yeah, I mean, you know, touches. The, the, the other the other thing to that, Paul, right, is <laughs> with him and Saka both popping up on the left-hand side, they should be tearing teams completely apart. They should if, be. I mean, even like a, you know, a 2v2 or a 3v2 uh, against us, Saka and Abangyam down, down that side, 
should have enough. The, the problem is, is once they've got, you know, once they've got past, there needs to be somebody in the middle. And I think that's what Arteta has had in mind tonight. He's had in mind tonight having them two, you know, almost doubling up on the left uh, and hoping that uh, Eddie gets on the end of one. And I think Eddie yeah. worked hard tonight. Uh, he yeah. got zero opportunities. He was dropping deep. He was making the runs into the box. Uh, yeah. But like I said, it just wasn't, you know, and again, he, you know, he was the man to go, you know, he had to be the man to be sacrificed once we went down to 10 men as well, which was unfortunate. Right. Uh, Mike, just, Mike just, sorry, can I, can I just ask Mike what he thought of the almost penalty uh, against the bias? Uh, well, I thought that he uh, dove. I thought that it was a shame because he could have cut the ball. I think he had a passing option. Somebody was wide open. And um, it was an act of desperation for me, Gav, because we are so desperate for a goal. I think he was thinking in that split second that he'll take what he's given and see if I can con the ref. But it's hard to con the ref. I think, contact, Mike. Yeah. I think, his, I think the guy kicked his ankle. I mean, it looked like it, maybe it wasn't mm -hmm. enough for him to go down, but it was a foul anywhere on the I pitch. Did, I didn't think it was a foul. You don't? No, I thought we went down. On the replays we saw, it looked like he, he kicked him on the inside of the ankle. But you know, um, he's it, 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 it's, not enough, it's not enough to go down. But, no, I agree, Mike. There was a pass. But, he, but it did hit him. Mm. Yeah, yeah. That, that was my thing. Well, I mean, again, as, as as Mike said, desperation. If we was two nil, three nil up, he would have. He probably would have tried to stay on his feet and make the pass. But he's, he's he, a. It was a desperation move, and I don't blame him for going down. To be fair, because we've had them given against us. We've had worse given against us. He he, he definitely clicked clicked him. I thought. I thought. The Southampton player clicked him twice. Well, I think was hard and holding done it to the geezer as well. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. Um, there was something you said earlier, Gav, that I wanted to touch on. Actually, two points, and I wanted to aim this kind of at Mike because um, it's something I've he's mentioned in his blogs before. But um, you said that um, at at first, you know, there there were eleven players looking like they were strangers. They just weren't connecting. And um, I have found that in the last few games, and I don't have a trained eye like Mike has, but I've found that we don't play those little three-on-twos or two-on-threes that we like these little pockets of like hunting in packs and, and playing off of each other. I feel like we, we, we play very insular, kind of isolated um, games. There's just no, there's none of that playing off. Well, not none, there's some, but not as much as you'd think there could be and that we've seen kind of before um, Mike, is that something that I'm just am I imagining that, or is, is it is it seem like we're we're playing in groups of two, you know, and that's not enough really to, yeah, you know, to really advance creatively, you know? Um, yeah, I think I think that that's intentional, Paul. And I actually think if Arteta keeps his job, which I'd love to see him keep his job, I think we'll see a completely different Arsenal next season when he's got the player. So my point, I suppose, is is that he is trying to mould our football around obviously the players he's got, which is what he should do. And we are not technical enough. So if you think back 10 years to when we were um, frustrated, but we had a whole bunch of super technical players, we could play that way. I don't think he trusts them technically. So he's not wanting them to play that way, Paul. Right. So um, did you, uh, Charlie, um, did you notice that Arteta seemed less, um, what's the word, authoritative on the sideline today? It, it felt to me a little bit like he kind of, I mean, I know he, he always has something to say, but he didn't seem to be as continually, you know, FIFA on the joystick kind of controlling all the players and shouting and all the moves. But is that, did I imagine that too? Or do you think maybe he is taking a bit of a step back? Um, not something I noticed off the top. He looked a little bit deflated, I think. <laughs> I think could be he looked I think it looks a bit how we feel. Um, I think I think shell shocked. <laughs> yeah, I, I think you, one thing you can't knock Arteta is someone that does care and he wants he wants the the Arsenal to do well. I think you know what I mean, and I think he's I think he's he's never experienced this pressure and the stick he's been getting before ever. Do you know what I mean? So I reckon that may have taken trial him by fire, right? 
Yeah, I, I mean, it's, it's hard for him. I get it. I do get the criticism he gets. I really do. I mean, some of his team selections are odd. Some of the things he does is odd tonight. A couple of things. I think, hmm, maybe I wouldn't have done that. But he's, he's learning on the job, essentially. I know that we're Arsenal Football Club and we shouldn't have someone learning on the job. But at the moment, we are. And it's the situation we're in. Um, and I put a tweet out on, on, on Sunday after the game and... Uh, it got a quite good response. And I, and I said, I think these group of players, if Arteta was to get sacked, would have got three managers sacked within four or five years. So mm. the players have to take a part of the responsibility for that. The, the same players, the Bellerins, the Xhaka's, the, the Willian who's come in now, and, and all these sort of, even a Bamiang, Lacazette, like, I mean, I love a Bamiang, I was over the moon he stayed. But his performances at the minute are not good enough. They're not, and I, oh, I love Aubameyang. I mean, he won us the cup final, and but he's I don't know what's going on. I don't know if it's a confidence thing, if it's a thing with the contracts. I haven't got the answer to it. And I'm sure Arteta hasn't, but he's just not the player he was at the minute. And 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 these little silly red cards, that's not Arteta can't do. Jack again to grab someone around the throat. There's not a thing the manager can do about. It. Other than some people say, well, should be on the pitch anyway, which may be. Pepe's head, but the same thing. I mean, Gabriel's one today as much. It's not as malicious, the red card tonight, but it is just as silly and petulant in my eyes, and it's cost us as much in the other two games as well. I think it really has. I think tonight's red card, we were just starting to get a bit better, and we just scored the goal. In the second half, we was a bit better, and it just killed us, ranging on again. And it is hard for our chair at the minute. It's hard for us to watch. It's not good football, and we're used to watching... A great football entire. At least, at least if we were letting in goals, at least we'd normally be up the other end, having good chances, trying to play a bit of football. But that is completely opposite now, and I, and I think that's due to the personnel of the players, and that is something that Arteta and they do. And if they speak to the Cronkies, they have to have. If Arteta wants to save his job, he has to be getting in there to the Cronkies and say, you know what? I need a good hundred millions worth of players in, this, in January, and that's going to cost. But we need two or three big creative players. So, um, Gav, um, those are all good points, Charlie. Do you think, um, kind of what Charlie's talking about, you know, that, that, that everybody's responsible, the players, you know, have to do their part to, you know, to support Arteta yeah. and all that kind of stuff. Do you think the perspective of knowing that we still have 25 games left and 75 points to play for, and yes, we've lost seven games, but, you know, a fair number of teams have lost four. You know, maybe we're getting our, our, our bad run out of the way, you know, before December, which would be great if we could pick up some form and, and start to, you know, do you think well, I mean, do you think it's an yeah. exaggeration? Do you think there's hope? Do you think there's still, do we judge them in May? Should we be a little bit more? Um... <laughs> yeah, see, that, that's the thing. I mean, you know, if you look at the games that we've lost, we've lost games that we probably would have expected to lose. Uh, we probably would have, you know, it, you know, we don't like expecting to lose at Tottenham, but, you know, we don't like expecting to lose. Really, right? We don't like expecting to lose against Liverpool and you know Man City and you know Man United. All right, we won at Man United, but we have had a lot of hard games front loaded. But the problem is, is when you look at it tonight, playing Southampton, who could go top of the league, was a hard game. And then Saturday or Sunday or whenever it is, when we got Everton, uh, you know they're right up there, and I believe they won tonight again as well. So th there's there's no easy games at the moment. That's the problem, and the problem is is it, our midfield is absolute toilet. Do you know I mean we've got two players tonight in in midfield who one of them is on loan to us because he can't get into his his club's you know squad, and the other one was on loan last year. And it's just not, they're just not good enough. It's as simple as that. They're just simply not good enough. There was loads of times where they should have been playing or speculating on the first ball and they wasn't. And that's possibly why the three up top aren't making the runs. And then when you go to the three up top, we've got someone who should be playing down the left, playing down the middle. We've got Zacho playing where we should be playing and we've got, Whoever he pops up on the right, which tonight was Pepe, who I thought again wasn't much good. It would it, not bother me in the slightest if we got rid of Pepe in January. 
would not bother me. <laughs> Do you, you agree with I mean? that? And, and, and... Um, I swing back and forth with Pepe. I, I, he's absolutely not worth the, the price, but to value, uh, judge him based on that, it's not his fault. I would say I would hold on to Pepe and hope that the coach found a way to play a, a 4-3-3 with him as an inside forward like Salah. I've just seen Salah score and Tottenham are 1-0 down. So hey. that's happy. Hey. Yeah. And hey. I will tell you, listen, if, if you think about Salah, who's a very similar type of play, he's better than Pepe, but he's uh, he's a left-footed, uh, lethal inside the box. Pepe seems to play his best uh, football inside the box, not on the wing by far. He's pretty dangerous uh, finisher. But he's uh, he's always in the wrong position. He needs to be an inside forward, and so I would hope that um, that uh, Arteta would give him that opportunity and build a team that that suits him as an inside forward. Because I think if you had him as a goal scorer, you'd have a whole different product than what we're seeing um, right now with Pepe. He makes life too complicated. He's not as intelligent as Salah, so you need to give him less time to think about it. You know, um, Pepe gets into those positions. You know, often, even in this game, there was two or three times that he got, in, you know, into a position where he could have maybe been effective and he just never seems to, he never seems to deliver. I find him, I'm with Gav. Um, I'd happily trade him for, for somebody half his price in, in January. Um, just, it's never worked for me. I just get these, I keep wanting him to succeed, you know. It's like you, when you, the guy you gets see the ball. You want to see it, Paul, don't you? And you're not, we're, we're not seeing it. I don't think we've ever really, really I seen it. I want to see it. I really, really want to. I mean, you want to, you want him to succeed. But when does the when does the point come, Paul, when you turn around and say, it just ain't happening? It's like he's, he's you know, he may, he may <clears> succeed in the French League or the Spanish League or the Italian League, but at some point, you've got to turn around and say, "This fella is not com- he's, he's just not designed for British football." No, and, and it's, it's sad, but that happens. That happens with some players. Some players just are not designed to play British football. Yeah, I'd agree with that, Gav. To a point, I don't, I don't, I don't disagree with that. It looks like that might be the case. Of course, as a winger, you can get away with that if you uh, have lots of skill and speed, and in fact, it can work uh, to your your um, advantage like Podence at Wolves he's a tiny little guy but he's uh, quick and intelligent um, but that, that's what I would you, you guys made a point about Danny Tavares earlier I would say the same thing I think Danny Tavares is not suited to the Premier League I, okay. I saw him quite well today and he offered far more forward thinking uh, and incisiveness than, he's, than the other midfielders have done and he looked like he was playing about as well as he can but it still wasn't good enough which tells me he's not suited to the league he's not athletic enough and there's certain things he can't do because he's not athletic enough. You almost is, is that his fault? I don't think that that's his fault. You know? Sorry, Mark. Yeah, you almost you almost want to get a take an average between Ceballos and Pepe because Pepe has got all the instinct and the speed and the athleticism, um, but Ceballos has what you mentioned it twice: intelligence and thinking. And I feel like if the if if the one player had a little bit more of what the other player had, another, you know, you'd kind of get something close. I feel like Pepe. Has all the ability. He has. We've seen him do these amazing, stunning things. He can get himself out of tight positions. But when he's in a position to to make a difference, to to do the right move, he touches two or three times too many. We've talked about this before, like toying with the defenders. You yeah. know, it's like that. It's that 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 match that sharpness in the spur of the moment to actually make the right decision that's right for the team. You know, shoot, attack, pass, do that kind of thing. It's it just always seems to be the wrong one. You know. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. frustrating. Sabayos, I think, is an intelligent footballer. You can see he also gets out of situations, but just not through necessarily like the same kind of skill, but just through like thinking ahead, being aware, you know, that kind of stuff. Charlie, do you agree with that? Or? I, I do agree. And I'm, I'm not one. I would, I would stick with Pepe. Uh, I think yeah. he, I think he's very unfortunate with the price tag, which Mike mentioned already, which is not his fault. I think he is. He's probably the one of the very, very, very few players we've got in that current crop of players that can. Okay, it's not very consistent at the moment, but he can do something. We haven't got many players like that who could just drop a shoulder, boom, goal, score a goal. I yeah. mean, I know already scored against Dundalk. Pepe was still our top goal scorer and assist in all competitions. So yeah, but that's not saying much, Charlie. <laughs> I know, I know that's not saying much. But 
<laughs> Williams, and I'd rather see Pepe there than William. And oh, God. I would rather see Pepe there than Reese Nelson. So I'm looking at the rest of our squad at the minute. I think he's still the best of the bad bunch. But yeah, but uh, 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 Charlie, uh, let me give this one to you then, right? Pepe is not performing nowhere near as well as Saka's performing, and Saka's like a he's a teenager. Yeah, but that's 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 okay. Okay, that's like saying that Saka's performing outperforming Aubameyang. It's, 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 you can't look at the teenagers. Saka's played a year of league football now. For me, he's an established first. We, we've got to get away with these kids. The kids that these are footballers. Saka's been playing Arsenal now, virtually week in week out for a year. Yes, he's young, but for me, he's an established footballer. He, and he's, he's entitled to have a pop at him as much as you are everyone else. He's he's just you have a good game, you have bad games. That, that's football. Yeah, but we're um, we're sitting. Yeah, but if we go back to what I said earlier, right? We're seeing stuff from Zaka, and I'm not seeing that from Pepe. And that, that's that's my thing. I want to see what Saka what Saka's doing. I want to see Pepe be doing that, and and I ain't been seeing that. But the, yeah, the, what's happening though, Gav? But then let me look at that and Gavin, the different players. Saka's scored three goals in his Arsenal career. Pepe scored nearly 18, 19 in his Arsenal career. Same, mm. same length of time. They're different players. So I, I agree with Mike. Pepe's more attack. He should be up there as an uh, attacker, as an inside forward. And Saka, I see more as a winger at the minute. So yeah, I've got another piece there, Gav. Gav, I'd say that the, the difference in those two is actually a technical style. If, like, okay, so we all remember. Obviously, remember the goal tonight. It might be the, the last one of the season. Um, so, um, so Saka, when he got the ball, drove at the defender. Then he drove at the next one, and he created that over direct running with the ball. When Pepe gets the ball, not that it's wrong. It's just a stylistic thing. He slows down, and he waits for the defender to bite. I've been no noticing this all season long, and I can't remember the last defender that's bitten. And... and it's almost as if pre-game they say, if you don't bite against him, he can't go around you. And that's why. Now, if Pepe was to get the ball just occasionally and run at full speed at the player, just like Saka did, and change direction. He, I mean, where was okay, here's, here's my last point. And this just shines so bright for me. A player with that level of skill and, and body feints and just the, the way that Pepe plays should be earning penalty kicks. Yeah. Has he ever earned a penalty kick for Arsenal? That's because he moves too slowly with the ball. So if you were to kick him, it'd still be standing, it'd still, be standing still. Because there's no momentum with the way that Pepe moves with the ball. Does that make sense? Yep, totally. Yeah, and I, I mean, it, again, I, I get what you're saying, but it's almost like he's slowing it down because he's playing out on the right and he doesn't like putting the ball in with his right foot. Do you know what I mean he's got to start? He's got to start taking players on, on, no, on, you know, no, one dimension with his right foot. You know what I mean, you just, you just know you've just got to stand, you know, just show, you know, don't show him, you know, show, don't show him the inside, don't show him the inside. He slows it down. Well, he passes it back to Sabios, who passes it backwards again, and and that's that. That's 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 just broken down, and it's just annoying. Well, it's just annoying. Do you know what I mean? Kev, I'm going to butt in here and just say, I mean, uh, with with Saka and um, and Pepe and Tierney being as like hectically left-footed as they are, it re that's that really like slows us down a lot of the time. I mean, it's like it doesn't matter whether it's Pepe or Tierney that's if they get it out wide, both you know Tierney, you know they they both have to try and pretend, you know, that they're going to you know, fake it that they're going to cut in and, and shoot on the other foot when, the, and if like Mike, if Mike says, you know, the player doesn't bite, you know that you can just snuff it out, you know, like with Tierney, you know, he's got to try and run to the line and cross with his left foot because he absolutely cannot cross with his well, right foot. Well, well, that's the, the same, but about cutting in, you know, so it's like, it's so easy to defend. So, you so know. What, 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 why, why is, like I say, right, so, I mean, this is probably a question for bloody Arteta, right? But why isn't, when when Pepe's getting in them positions, why isn't somebody overlapping? There should be somebody always, always overlapping, and we're just not getting that yeah. either. Even, then the even defender tonight. has to fight. Then the defender is stuck. You know, he's got he's got no choice. He's he's gonna you know he can't, he can't show show him the inside because he's gonna leave a massive gap down the outside, and we're not seeing that either. 
Well, we know Arteta listens to the to the blog, right? Because he's been making all these changes. <laughs> but um, you know, so we know that you know probably we're going to see a lot of overlapping. Um, I'm going to just switch tack uh, a little bit because we've talked a lot about the midfield or lack thereof, and you know, the, um, and up front, um, Holding gets a, a bad rap. I see a lot of people kind of like to diss him. Um, but as far as I mean, like I said, my untrained eyes, I, I see Holding putting in a shift week in, week out. Um, sure, there might be one or two loose things. I mean, all of them were loose. It felt like nobody was talking today. And, and it's funny enough because Gabriel was involved in a lot of those. Holding would pass to him or pass back to him. And I think Gabriel was just on another planet. He was just wired. But um, um, Charlie, what do you think of Holding as a player? Um, I think he is uh, very limited. Yeah. I think, uh, he's very slow. I think if he wasn't English, he would get in 10 times more stick than he is. Um, I, do I think he's good enough to start for Arsenal Football Club? Honestly, no. Um, I, I, I don't think he would get in any other of the top six starting back, centre-backs. I don't think he would. I think he's bang average. And I know that sounds very harsh. Um, but yeah, that's my thoughts on him. I'm not, I'm not his biggest fan. I, I think I think because he's English... Because he had that good game in the cup final against Chelsea years ago and done the thing with Diego Costa, become a little bit of a fan favourite. But I, I don't, I don't see him improve in all them time in them years. And that game, I haven't seen him improve as a footballer. I think he was getting better at some point when we were playing three at the back and we had Louise and Socrates, and he got injured at United. And that little run for Emery, I thought he looked all right and a comfortable in the three, but. He worries me. I think you come up and get someone a bit of pace and he's banging trouble. But you don't think that his consistency makes him, you know, an asset in the fact that, you know, we, we've been so used to having a back, you know, like, you know, our, our defence with the Mustafis and the Louises and those kind of guys that can give you a, a, a three performance or an eight performance. If Rob is, like, delivering sixes... I don't see how I can talk about him being consistent, Paul, when I look at the previous results. We've got him, we're letting the goal tonight. All right, Grant, not his fault. We lost to Burnley at home. All right, well, not his fault. We're still part of that back unit. That Aston Villa game, he got absolutely ruined. Two of the goals were his fault and to blame for. So, if you're being consistent and having a bit of a mare in a bad defence, I would say yes. No, you're playing it to Hector de Bellerin's not the greatest thing in the world for him. But I just, I, for me, he's a squad player at best. He was the senior. He was he was the senior defender tonight. He was the <laughs> oldest. He was the he was the oldest defender. Which shows as, where we are being in trouble, then, Gav. Yeah. No, no. I, I, I agree. I agree with you. I'm not he's saying, 25 yeah. years old, and he's never played for England. Who are have not got a decent centre back between them. I think that no. says a lot. No, exactly. I mean, I, I agree with you. I mean, I I think holding is limited. If we were, if we if we was play if we was constantly playing and sticking to playing three centre backs, I'd have holding in there all day long because he's because he's got the height and the other two are going to cover him for the pace. But when you're playing, you know, four at the back and and two centre backs, I, I worry. But again, I didn't think he done much too wrong tonight. Do you know no, what I mean? Didn't. Like, but again, in the first half, they were all fucking shit. So, if you look at the stats, you know, I mean, clearances and, and clearances of corners and interceptions and, you know, whether they're accidental or purposeful, like some, some really important little touches and blocks and positional awareness, I think, I think he gets a bad rap, personally. Um, you know, I don't think he's, you know, he's, he's not, you know, one of the invincibles, but, as, you know, he's keeping other players out like Mustafi and, and stuff. And, I, I, you know, I feel more confident with him there. Um, for, you know, for some reason, then, I then I mean, he, he, yeah, yeah. I mean, the the only surprise really for for Southampton's goal for Theo's goal tonight was it wasn't cutting in between Maitland Knowles and taking advantage of uh, of Holding's pace. The fact that he sort of cut inside and took advantage of uh, Tierney's position and Tierney's a proper fan's favourite and everybody loves him, but you got you throw your hands up. He should have been closer to him. He should have been tighter to him for their goal. Uh, but again, like I say, it's it's one of those. And the other one was that again, me and Mike have been speaking about this a couple of times about you boys. Was the fact that we look a lot more secure and a lot more stable as a team and a defensive unit 
when we've got Louise on the pitch. And that's how that's how bad as a defensive unit that we can be at the moment. So well, that's because he's our creative. He's, he he bypasses the lack of creativity in the midfield. He's a leader. He's a he's a lead, he's a leader. And he's, he's a, a winner. And like I say, yeah. that and that's what that's what we didn't have on the pitch. Do you know what I mean that's what we didn't have on the pitch in the, in the first half and the majority of the games, leaders and winners. Right. right. Um, Mike, the holding Chris. thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think holding is a deep block defender. I like what Gav said. I think holding's good in a three because if you do have two other um, centre-backs that have pace, then you can cover him. Not every back three has uh, three fast players and uh, they seem to do fine. So he's a deep block defender for me. If you're playing a deep block like we were the last half an hour, you know, you're asking him to head balls out and make blocks and, and be determined. Those are his qualities, and I think he did well. And I think what Paul said is very fair uh, because Arsenal have been playing a lot of defence. I think we've got to see a lot of those qualities. But I also think that holding is a short-term option. He reminds me in some regards to Xhaka. You know, I don't think players like holding, Xhaka, Tobias are suited to modern-day Premier League football because modern-day Premier League football, you have to be athletic and you have to be quick and fast. And if you're not then when you're put in the lineup, the coach has to build around you to cover your weaknesses. And that is not sustainable. So, for example, if Holding's going to be your number one, he wouldn't be my number. Maybe he isn't Arteta's ultimate number one in a back four or three. But you can't, you can't have a player with non-athletic uh, qualities um, in your lineup as your long-term plan. So hence why Arsenal went for William Saliba, because he's a modern athletic um, and he's got those other qualities that Holding has as well. Of course, he hasn't been tried yet and he's not experienced, but uh, Holding is a short-term solution to me. So, um, you know, when... Uh, <clears throat> geez, how is the Saliba thing going to get resolved? Did you see there was that comment, I think it was earlier in the week, um, basically on Instagram, he commented on, I think, maybe Laka's goal um, and then mentioned something about, you know, Gwenduzi... And then how he's been locked out of Arsenal like Guendouzi. It was kind of a very public kind of thing. Charlie, um, how, how do we resolve a situation like that? How did the Saliba thing go so horribly wrong when, you know? Um, um, it, yeah. it's, a very, it's a very odd one. And it's that the, the club has been criticised for, and I, and I agree in a way. You've got a 27 million player that you've signed that was supposedly the best player in that French league and he played alongside that Fafana who's better than Fafana supposedly and that Fafana's playing week in week out now for Leicester so it's very odd I understand that when he comes to London his mum died um, he was going for a rough time I think the club tried to he had he had a couple of mares in pre-season I think the club tried to protect him in a way but what I do find ridiculous which I cannot defend Arteta in the club for is leaving him out of that Europa League squad. Surely, mm. as a, we see the group we had, like he should have been at least getting minutes in them games, which is odd. It keeps him happy, it keeps him fresh, it keeps him playing a bit. But we have just frozen him out a bit. And, and, and I, I don't really get why. I mean, I think as a football... I mean, I do get the, to, to protect him. Of course, I need to play this defence and we get getting beat these three, four nils or whatever we've done, stuff. He, Whoops. Oh, we lost Charlie for a second. Until he comes yeah, no, back. I mean, I agree with Charlie, really. I mean, I think the club have tried their best. I mean, from I mean, if you read between the lines, and you're obviously not going to hear it, uh, obviously after, you know, he's, he's moved over to his country, he's lost his mum. Uh, I believe he's also lost his father in the past as well. Yeah. And then... I just don't think that he was in that position. They tried the best to get him a loan deal back out to uh, France so at least he can be in his, his own speaking country and with his friends, etc., etc., uh, which didn't work out. And I just think he got written off a little bit too early. The, the problem is he's now where six months down the line and I think he's probably in a better position mentally so there's really, I mean, what I I'd love to see him get like a loan deal to someone like Brentford. I think that would be ideal. Someone like Brentford or QPR, 
get him in there till the end of the season, get him used to playing in England, uh, get him all happy, cheery, and you know, playing 90 minutes every week. And then, then we go again next year. But I mean, we are, we have got an absolute abundance of centre backs. Yeah, we, we've, yeah we, we've we've got more than we've got more centre backs, and we, I think we've got about eight centre backs. Yeah, and you know, at the moment we're playing two. It, it it's ridiculous. Something had to give. So I completely understand why what's happened with him. It's as much as his circumstance, his mental condition. Uh, and the fact of how many centre backs we've got, so I do believe it was a uh, you know for the players' best interest at the time. But the boy needs to play; he needs to be playing. If it ain't for us, you know, drop him down a league, you know, and hopefully get get him playing every week. Um, I was chatting to my friend Josh, who was on the show a couple, you know, a few episodes back, and um. And you know, as we t- I talked about the Saliba thing, and then how he'd mentioned Gwendozi, and I thought about Gwendozi and and the kind of all the hype and all the expectation, the hope that we had for him, um, and you know the Torreira situation, which it was just weird because he kind of just seemed to drop off the face of the you know of the planet, you know, after having a fairly decent first season for us. Um, the Gwendozi thing, there was a discipline issue. Um, I think there was more of a haircut issue than a discipline issue. Um, yeah, I mean, but um, if you look at if you look at that as a broad group, you know, and you look at the Shaka the Shaka discipline, um, you know, if you look at you know this Pepe thing, these things creeping in like Gabriel today. Do we have an issue with, you know, what is it about the you know? And some of this isn't obviously Arteta only. It, you know, it's come through um, under Emery as well. But do we have? Do we have an issue with managing our players that 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 other clubs don't seem to have? I mean, you took Özil, Guendouzi, you know, um, all of this stuff happening. Is it is it is there another issue going on in the background that's maybe adding to the toxicity, Mike? Yeah. Well, um, maybe maybe what I would say that um, uh, I think is important too is that you know Arsenal haven't been in a great winning run for quite a long time and in a place where we've been happy. And so if it's frustrating for us, it's frustrating for the players. And if you're playing any sport during the event and you're not on a good run and your things aren't going well, then I'm not so sure that we aren't overthinking that somewhat, you know, um, and that the frustrations that we feel if we were chucked out there on the field wouldn't boil over into some of these actions that are leading to red cards. So I do think that's a part of it. To fix it, I don't understand what I read today, that Xhaka and Pepe were fine. I don't understand what kind of deterrent that is to a modern footballer who earns £100,000 a week to find them, well, 25000 10000 whatever they get fined. It's, uh, it's just like, you know, finding us. It's like finding us 50 quid. So you've got to, get, you've got to be um, a little more clever than that. And your accountability has to be something that they're bothered about. Mm. So, yeah, it's money okay. is not really it de- it depends what the fine is. It depends whether they're fined a week's wages or or whatever. I mean, and but still, I, I know, I know, I, I know, I know what you're saying. If if you're earning, you know, if if you if you're earning the best part of five million quid a year, what what's a what's a hundred grand fine? Yeah, you know, I mean, maybe that, the that, fine that, goes towards something. I'm not sure. I mean, I know they had motorcycle used to collect fines for everything. You know, leave your arrive late, leave your socks, and I don't know if that all goes towards like a big piss up at the end of the year or. You know, I think or, I think it might I think it might go to the Arsenal Foundation. Well, that would be good. Then they can I find think, them every week. <laughs> as I far think, as I'm concerned, I think <laughs> so, some somebody in the chat might might correct us if we're if we're right or wrong yeah. on that one. Um, Gav, so tell me something. Um, without Bellerin and Shaka today, um, which obviously weren't um, they were forced, so you know, forced changes. Um, would you say that we looked any better without them? Um, no, you, I mean, if they were available I, next week, would you put them back in? Or? Yeah, Bellerin straight in. Uh, there's no no question that he's the only right back that we've got that has any sort of attacking menace uh, and actually wants to go forwards. Yeah, he gets caught out sometimes. Yeah, he does things wrong sometimes. But with I didn't think Maitland Niles was giving us any anything extra. 
uh, down the right hand side of the pitch, and all of our good work for the whole game was down the left hand side. So that that speaks volumes. But again, Tyranny didn't get much further forwards from the left himself either. He didn't really get much up the pitch. Not that he could do much with down the ten men. Zaka, uh, I'd rather Zaka than the two that played today. To be fair. Uh, at least he tries to look for a longer ball, and like I say, I, I just don't, I just don't get the two midfielders that we've got. I'll, I'll be quite happy to see them both at the door in January. Uh, I, I, I don't think they bring anything whatsoever to us. Like you, agree, you agree with that, um, Bellerin? Uh, no, I would go the other way. Personally, um, I think that Bellerin is a buck passer. I think his whole career, he's been satisfied with where he's at as a footballer. And he reminds me of Theo Walcott, who used to infuriate me at Arsenal, that never seemed to go in for any extra training to make himself better, get the ball on the wing. And I don't care if you're a right-back or a right-winger. If you're a right-back in the modern game, you're a right-winger, because that's where you play half the game. And he doesn't have a, a single skill or a way to beat uh, his fullback. Even when he had electric pace, he still wouldn't use it. He just passes the buck. And so I would every day of the week pick anybody, whether it's Cedric, <laughs> Maitland Knowles, I would pick anybody because Maitland Knowles, one thing I can say about him is he's fearless and Bellerin is full of fear. He doesn't. Yeah, want but what do, Mike, this. Mike, I'll, I'll hit the second end, Mike. Maitland Knowles did, did bugger all in the attacking sense all game. I'm not slagging him off because like, there, there was plenty worse on the pitch tonight, right? And again, Tyranny did nothing either in an attacking sense all game. So both our left and right backs tonight were, were, were just complete, complete rubbish. They, they, both of them contributed absolutely zero in the attacking sense of the pitch. At yeah, least when but... I see Bellerin on the pitch, I see him trying to go forwards. All right, so it don't work all the time. But at least I see him having a go. And tonight, I didn't, I didn't see either Maitland Knowles or Tierney having a go, and that's yeah. what upset me. Sure, sure, I get that. I get that. If you uh, watch the game back, you might see that um, that Pepe, who was sliding inside when we were attacking, uh, was uh, in too tight of gaps. They couldn't get him the ball. And I think if they were to get Pepe the ball, the plan was to get Maitland Knowles on the overlap. But Maitland Knowles, if he goes forward at the wrong time, is going to be exposed at the back. I thought Maitland Knowles didn't do much in the attacking sense because of that. But I do think that he intercepted in the second half three or four balls that came across and took off with it, uh, which that was promising. Tierney wasn't as dangerous as he has been in recent weeks, but he's been a threat all season uh, going forward far more so than the other side of the field. And then going back to the other point on Xhaka, um, uh, Xhaka's just not suited to the uh, the Premier League. We just play him and we cover his deficiencies. And uh, for me, I would far rather him have played his last game for Arsenal. There's no way I would I would bring him back in. I think that just it lowers the standards of the rest of them uh, when Granite Xhaka plays because Granite Xhaka just bails. I, I wouldn't even be surprised, can't prove it, that what he did the other night was to get uh, Christmas off with his new little baby girl. Uh, that that guy he fought with wasn't even the guy that he chose to rugby tackle. So I look, I thought that was an an act of intentionality by Granite Xhaka. And can I add one more thing? I think Arsenal do have a midfield that, at least in the short term, is functional and Premier League ready, but they haven't played them. Now Thomas Partey's injured. Who's one of them? The other two are Maitland, Maitland Niles and Willett. Because those guys are athletes and they will run with the ball. And if you haven't got an attacking mid, this is so crucial. If you haven't got an attacking mid, which we don't right now, you have to have your midfielders bring the ball to the attack. And those two players have those qualities. Hence why Xhaka, Tobias, El Nenny are driving people mad. But we can't ask them to do something that they can't do. But yet we're not playing the Premier League ready midfielders that we actually have uh, at Arsenal. No, I mean all, all, all fully fit. Are there Partey and uh, are there Partey and Willock on the pitch? I mean, I thought it was one of Arteta's best substitutions all season when he put Willock on, when he brought Willock on today because it was just at the right time and it was the right player and he was hoping that he was going to go forwards uh, on the break he and, he, and he did he did he got like I say this is what I'm missing Mike and, and Paul 
this is what drives me mental, right? I want to see our midfielders get the ball, turn and drive. And we've got no drive. And like I say, we're not going to get drive. We're not going to drive out of Tobias. We're not going to get drive drive out of El Nene. So I mean, we know we're going to get a certain amount of drive out of party. Hopefully, whenever he's back, I've no idea when that is. But until then, get, you just got to get Woodock. I mean, I think it was Woodock's first appearance in the Premier League this year, this season, yeah. Which, yeah. which is ridiculous because he's been showing what he can do. And yeah, it's been against less, lesser op- opposition. But it's the intent, and that that that's that's what that's what gets me is the intent, <coughs> and especially the first half. We didn't have enough players with intent on their minds, and that's what wound me up about the fullbacks tonight. No intent to go forwards. That's what wound yeah. me up about the midfield. No intent to go forwards. And, Is that you know, like I say? I, I don't I don't care if they balls it up. I could what I could watch our midfield. And our fullbacks lose the ball all day long, right? I just want to see intent. I want to see intent. I want to see drive. I want to see passion. And but Gav, that's why Gav, I fall asleep watching the games because there, there just ain't any. But Gav, isn't that that's not an Arsenal problem? That's just a confidence problem in any sport. Uh, when you've lost so many games, that players hide, players um, play within themselves. They play safe, and that's not. Just Arsenal exclusively, surely, right? But well, but yeah, no, but, but, yeah, but but like I say, but then when you get Saka that's not hiding, and then when you get Willock that's not hiding, and you know, put the players on the pitch who ain't scared to make a mistake and who ain't scared and, and, and don't want to hide, right? Well, so no, it's, it's yeah. as simple as that. Yeah, See, for me, I agree with with both of you there. Um, uh, for me, it looked like, and there were there were particular moments that throw-ins. Um, you know, when 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 a defender is coming forward, you know, um, with the ball, you know, we've just won it in defence or something, and Leno's rolled it out, and they're giving us space to bring it up. There's moments like that where it, you would just expect the, the people to want to make themselves available to to do some kind of movement, like you know, to make something happen. For me, you know, like if you you know, like chasing down a second ball or a headed ball, we're never that. We're not doing that. And sometimes you can play your way out of a hole just by focusing on the small things, which is like with energy, attacking the ball, trying to win it back if you've lost it, helping the guy who's got it, you know, like just creating, you create this energy and that energy can help dig you out of that that kind of space that you, you know, of lack of confidence or low risk and all that kind of stuff. We're not talking about doing anything like weird or, or you know, just, just, just investing. And like I've said, intent. It's just about that. It's just about being the player, you know, that you would like, you know, having presenting themselves to you. You've got to be that. You've got to make it happen. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's too many people on the pitch right now that are hoping that somebody else will be the person that's going to make it happen. I think there's you a know? foundation. I think that the foundation of the whole thing in the English Premier League is speed and athleticism. I'm watching in the background here. You guys might be as well. The Liverpool Tottenham game, and you all know Musa Sissoko. Uh, Musa Sissoko is not a fabulous footballer, but because when he steps onto the pitch, he knows that he's strong, fast, aggressive, built for the Premier League, quick. He's got all those qualities, so he's more willing to come for the ball and check for it, receive it under pressure like we want our players to, because he knows if he loses it, that he's got the physical qualities to get it back. If you, survive, play, yeah. if you play El Nenny, if you play El Nenny, Tavares and Xhaka, they have... You know, if I was them thinking about this, or my, in me in my current state in my mid forties, if I play in the Premier League game, I'm thinking, okay, I'm going to have to play one touch. So I'm going to have to scan quickly, play one touch, because I haven't got the physical qualities if I get tackled. And these guys have that in their mind. So, so they—that's why I say Maitland Niles, Willock, and Party would play with more confidence. They'd want the ball, they'd carry the ball, because if because if the what ifs happen and the transition happens. They have all those qualities to make up for it, whereas others don't. So they don't try, and then it goes downhill. You know? Well, not only that, Mike, but they have to, when they get turned, because of their lack of athleticism and lack of awareness, like Shaka will start doing it in the 11th or 12th minute. They'll grab the person. Yeah. Ceballos does it. He just can't stop reaching out to try and so – Shaka does it. El Nani, not as much, but he does. He, he starts to get clingy. You know, but Shaka, like he'd much rather pull you down and and earn a foul, maybe a yellow car card, than actually turn around and run and chase. You know, and That's chase you down. 
has that foundation. He doesn't have the athleticism. So he's left with, I can just leave it and chase and look inadequate because I'm not athletic enough. Or I can try and stop the guy, but I get a yellow card and now we're in trouble. And it's that foundation again. That's why we've got to rip it up and start again. And unfortunately, players like Danny Savas, this, this I think, um, you know, 10 years ago, Danny Savas would have been fine in the Premier League because it wasn't quite as crazy athletic as it is now. But he, unfortunately, that guy's in the wrong league and he's got to figure that out, you know. Yeah, because I mean, wasn't that athletic, right? I mean, it's just it's vision. Would, yeah, he wouldn't yeah. have succeeded in the same way as he does now. Uh, I'm sorry, did then. He wouldn't have succeeded as much. He's a very good player. But, but Danny Savas is just in the wrong league because you have to have athleticism, unfortunately, to survive. I, I wish it was, you know, technical players like Fabregas and Savas could survive but you can't anymore. Sorry. Okay, guys, we've been um, we've been at this for about an hour, and I think we've been chasing our tails for about it. <laughs> it seemed mm -hmm. like for about four months. But um, let's just quickly, uh, Gav, um, your thoughts about Everton? Um, maybe um, you know any ideas yeah, about it, changes it, in it, formation or and and, um, and <laughs> results? If you want to just do a uh, quick, quick summary on the Everton coming up. Oh, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I'm I'm just as worried as I was tonight. I say Everton seem to be getting results here, there and everywhere as well. Uh, but Everton are a little bit Jekyll and Hyde. They can get a good win and they can get a, a dodgy defeat as, at the same time. Uh, again, it's like I say, we, we've just got to hope that some resemblance of the team that started the second half appears. And again, like I say, I would like to see some resemblance of the team that finished starting the game. I, I want to see Woodock starting. Uh, I want to see uh, Eddie giving another go. Uh, yeah, like I say, it's just another worrying one. It, is, it, it, won't be, it won't be easy. But like I say, it's another must-win or the knives are out for Arteta game, isn't it? Unfortunately. Mike? Everton? Everton, I think... Uh, we have to play athletes in midfield, not just because I just said so. Not that. Everton, Everton have improved this year because they bought a brand new athletic modern-day midfield, of, of which I've been trying to harp on about for way too long. You know, players like Decore. So if you want to compete against those guys, you can't play El Nenny and, uh, and Tobias together. You have to have some athleticism in there. So I would go with a 4-3-3. Uh, I'd go with El Nenny because Party's not back and play uh, Maitland-Niles and Willock. Um, in midfield, uh, I'd play Balogun instead of Eddie up front because I think that that spark of excitement would would uh, bleed through the team. And I think um, I'm not quite as um, concerned as I would have been because our main man got a goal. And regardless of the score tonight, that was one massive monkey that he needed to remove from his back. And he's done that. So maybe we get a smile back on his face and he's the captain and the most influential figure at Arsenal Football Club and I think that will go a long way that he got that off his back you know and obviously you'd start Louise instead of where Gabriel is, is red carded right yeah I would start Louise I don't know why Gabriel plays centre back and he can't communicate in English as well don't get that because it, his first, first yellow card for the goal was a lack of communication between him and El Nenny he, he obviously didn't say anything because he can't talk in English and he crashed into El Nenny didn't he so yeah, yeah. So prediction? Um, I'm going to go for another draw. I'm going to go for 1-1. One, one. Can I have prediction? I think we'll lose 2-1, two, 2-0. Two, I'm not big, like I say, I just can't. I just think that's in the hole we're in at the moment. I hope I'm wrong. I'll, I'll split you guys. I think we'll lose 2-1. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, I, you know, I hope that we can, like, just, you know, pull some a string of results out of somewhere you know we've, we've i think we've got enough talent um i think we're just underneath a big rock right now and, and the best way is just to play out of it and, and and try and have fun while you're doing it and that's what i'd advise is just get get the smiles back on the faces um anyway so oh, you, you, you'll, you'll, you'll see you'll see that in the next couple of days no smiley faces in the training ground all yeah. cuddling and laughing and joking with each other while we're all suffering Getting the fish taken out of us by our mates. Yeah, and it shouldn't be any other way, right? Because this is yeah. awesome. Anyway, guys, thanks so much for having uh, this chat. Um, 
it, it, I think it was a good one. It was nice to, to speak to you both again. Um, Thank you, Arsenal. Thank you, Arsenal. Cheers.